And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The end of the European soccer season is nearly here, and in some cases, it's actually already upon us. But the highlight of this weekend's action are two FA Cup finals on the men's and women's side in the United Kingdom. I'll run you through all the games to watch all weekend long in Europe and North America later in the show. But we'll start today with the Athletic Football Podcast previewing a massive Chelsea vs. Liverpool FA Cup final on the men's side, and then later we'll send it over to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast and their end-of-season awards for the WSL, which features a special mention of the absolutely fantastic goal Sam Kerr scored on the last day of the season. If you haven't watched that, look it up. I'll also link it in the show's description. After that, they'll take a quick look at the Women's FA Cup final, which also features a game for Chelsea. And then I'll be back with your full TV guide. It is a big show, a massive show for a big weekend, a massive weekend. I hope you're excited. I'm excited. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for the weekend of Friday, May 13th. First up, The Athletic Football Podcast host Ali Maxwell, along with analysts Michael Cox and Mark Carey, preview the men's FA Cup final. Is this the best FA Cup final fixture on paper for some time? Because Chelsea and Liverpool are second and third in the Premier League. Surprising how infrequently over the last decade or so we've had an FA Cup final between two teams in the top two or three in the Premier League. Yeah, unless I'm mistaken, you've got to go back to 2007 to find a match between two of the top three in the Premier League. There's been some decent ones in uh, in recent memory. I mean, Arsenal, Chelsea have played each other twice. Chelsea, Manchester United in 2018. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is a bit of a cracker actually on paper. Um, I just hope that that produces the goods on the pitch because I mean, going back to that 2007 final, I think that's probably the worst FA Cup final I've ever seen actually. <laughs> the first one, the first, the first one at Wembley when the pitch was terrible and Drogba scored the winner in extra time but really nothing had happened before that. But I think that, I think football's in a a slightly different place now compared to then. I think these are two teams that go out and try to attack, try to defend aggressively. Um, whereas back in 2007, it was two kind of counter-attacking sides who were waiting for the other to, to make the first move. But no, I agree with you, Ali. I think this should be a, a really good one. And also, obvious thing to say, but it will be a full house, which we haven't had for the last mm. two years. Only 20,000 in uh, last year when Leicester won and behind closed doors when Arsenal beat Chelsea. So I think it'll be a really... Great occasion. I was like a red against blue cup final as well. Mark, I'm going to ask you for a lot of head-based analysis, but we don't shy away from the fact that you do support Liverpool uh, and you've been having a pretty good time doing so over the last few years. So hmm. um, as, a, as a human being, as much as a data analyst, how are you feeling about this game? Is this, do you head into the final with, with nerves or excitement? Oh, yeah. I don't normally pass an opinion. I normally just think <laughs> only with my head. I've got to actually really think about this. Um, the sort of the narrative being being true that if the best version of Liverpool turns up against even the best version of Chelsea, then, then Liverpool win it, um, I think. But 
I mean, the, the fixture schedule is so congested. Liverpool obviously have had an, an injury to Fabinho from the, the recent game against Aston Villa. So you think, are they ever so slightly wounded? Have they still got obviously one eye on the, the rest of the Premier League games and obviously the Champions League final as well? So it's there's there's caveats to it. But I do think ultimately, if yeah, the best version of Liverpool turns up, um, then they should just about edge it. And I think something that raises the anticipation for this game are, are the four fixtures so far that have been played between Liverpool under Klopp and Tuchel's Chelsea. In chronological order, the only one that ended with a team winning in 90 minutes was a Chelsea win uh, in March of 2021. Now, uh, this was Liverpool's fifth successive competitive home defeat, which you might remember last season was a, a freak anomalous run. Uh, since then, a nil-nil uh, in the Carabao Cup final, a one-all draw and a two-all draw in the Premier League. So just an errant Kepa penalty deciding the destination of the Carabao Cup. But otherwise, quite a lot of football played and no winners found in the last three fixtures. So um, tell me about those games, the, the one-all and the two-all in the Premier League and the Carabao Cup final, Michael. Um, walk me through the story of the season between these two teams and the key themes that might be relevant off the back of it in this game. Well, I actually think the key one is probably the Carabao Cup final, uh, which is the most recent one. And of course, the only one that was played on neutral venue and did the same neutral venue as this weekend. Um, I mean, my, my main memory of that game really is that the number of times Chelsea were trying to run in behind Liverpool's high line. And I know that's become a little bit of a, well, it's the theme of Liverpool games. You look at the stats, I think they've caught the opposition offside, I think nearly twice as much as anyone else in the Premier League. It seems like Tickle really does want to try and exploit that um, and I think the use of maybe Timo Werner could be crucial this weekend because of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm expecting quite a quite an aggressive game in terms of the way both sides set out to play, which I don't really think of as the case in FA Cup finals. I think of them as usually quite slow burning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on the basis of the game so far, I think this could be a, a really good game. I think you make a good point about Timo Werner as well. Going back to that 1-0 win at Anfield last season, um, I distinctly remember Thomas Tuchel being asked, it was either before or after the game, but what was his thinking of playing Timo Werner? And he just, I think he just said speed. Speed, 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 getting people in behind the, the defensive line. And granted, I think the, the centre-backs that day were Fabinho and Ozan Kabak. So ever slightly different to the, the strength that they've got at centre-back, um, obviously this season. But... I think, again, yeah, as Michael said, it will be the story of this game as well. And Liverpool will obviously try and catch um, Chelsea offside, as they do with with every side, um, as much as possible. And often it will be because the the striker or the forward is already kind of touch and go on that offside line. Whereas I think Mason Mount did it really well of coming from his position that is often, you know, between the lines and then making that run that's kind of late from ever so slightly deeper and he did it really well to great effect in the Carabao Cup and actually should have scored one maybe two goals as a consequence so I think maybe yeah having the starting position just off the Liverpool's defensive line and making that run in behind given how big the the Wembley pitch is um, could be potentially Liverpool's undoing because Chelsea should have scored two maybe three goals from that Carabao Cup game but just didn't convert. Now, on the women's side, Kate Borsay is joined by commentator Vicky Sparks to recap the WSL season and quickly look at yet another cup final for Chelsea this weekend. Hey, 
time then for our moment of the WSL season with now, our standout moment from a whole season that's been absolutely brilliant to watch and so good for the game as well. We haven't really talked about that enough. What a brilliant season it's been for women's football overall in this country. Vicky Sparks, can I tempt you to offer yours, please? Well, I was edging towards that Sam Kerr chest and volley particularly seeing it live as well at Kings Meadow. I mean, that 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 is a stand, it's the standout goal of the season. Absolutely. Uh, but I am going to say overall, look at the season overall for a moment that I think really stands out. Beth Mead breaking the WSL's all-time assist record last month, moving ahead of Karen Carney when Mead set up Jordan Nobbs. It was just outstanding. I mean, and, and for, for me to be able to, to break that record, I've said already in this podcast, I think she is an absolutely outstanding player. And yeah, I, I think that is that is such a special moment for her. That assist in their 3-0 win against Everton for Nobbs. And she deserves it. She deserves it. You know, talking of Arsenal, I was thinking about whether we go right back to the first game of the season and Arsenal setting their intention, which did genuinely surprise all of us. We didn't know quite what we were going to get. And that 3-2 win against Chelsea uh, certainly set a few tongues wagging. And we're like, oh, OK, then. All right. Game on. That was great. But I think if we're going for an ultimate moment, I've got to go for that Sam Kerr goal, her second goal in the game against Manchester United. The fact that so much was at stake and she is able to produce a moment of brilliance like that. As you say, a chess, a turn and volley, absolutely brilliant goal. And that's the quality that we want to see from the Women's Super League. And as you can tell, we've got our own special The Athletic Women's Football Podcast Awards as well here on the show today. So let's start, shall we, Vicky, with your player of the season. Got to be Sam Kerr. Back-to-back golden boots, two huge goals on the final day to help Chelsea to the title and what world-class volleys as well. Simply unreal. Gosh, Lauren Hemp needs perhaps to be a point in this discussion, but I'm going to go for Beth Mead just because I've loved watching her reincarnation this season. Third in the scoring charts, on a mission to prove the doubters, see Hego Rise, uh, wrong. And she did. And I think it's it's been a it's been a great season for her. So if if you've got to go for Kerr, I've got to go for Mead. Goalkeeper of the season, Vicky. I think there's a few contenders here. I mean, Anka Trimberger, again, has made some worldy saves for Chelsea, but I'm going to steer away from Chelsea because there's been a little bit of rotation with Musevic, who's, who's done really well as well. I'm going to go for Mary Earps, partly because she is such an integral player for Manchester United, big part of their push for the Champions League. She's been ever-present in the WSL since they were promoted. She's set to be England's number one at the Euros this summer, and she's capable of a couple of worldy saves as well. So, yeah, for me, Mary Earps. Yeah, it's really hard to look beyond Mary Earps as well. And Katrin Berger, good points. She got sent off though, didn't she? She nearly, nearly spoiled it for Chelsea in that one. Um, I think Mary Earps is top of the save charts as well. And just in terms of her, actually, in terms of her being a little bit in the wilderness, really, in terms of her standing within the England setup, I think it's been a great season for her. And she's matured, I think, really, really well into an outstanding and reliable goalkeeper, which is what you want. Manager of the season, Vicky? It's got to be. It's got to be Emma Hayes. And I think, again, you could you can look at Jonas Eidevel, I think has, has had a very good season w- with Arsenal. But Emma, she's the reason why Chelsea won the title this season. And as we've talked about earlier in the podcast, that was epitomised. The changes she made at halftime against Manchester United 
won that title for Chelsea. She's outstanding. Her tactical awareness, the flexibility that she has of formations, the impact she has on her players, it has to be Emma Hayes. I don't think I can detract much from that, but I will say for a debut season, Jonas Eideval's done brilliantly, really. And look, it was the difference of a point. If Arsenal had won the league this season, we'd, we'd probably be giving him that. Um, Ollie Harder as well. Again, we mentioned it earlier, but a terrific first season in the WSL. And I'm sorry that we don't get to see that continue. Unsung player of the season, Vicky. Now, I'm going to go for a player who I've mentioned already, spoiler alert, (laughs) in this podcast. (laughs) I think it's because of her importance to her club this season, but it's also because of the career that she's had. So I'm cheating a little bit, but it's, for me, Anita Asante, retiring after an outstanding 19-year career, massive player for them this season. What a massive impact she's had across her career. Quadruple winner with Arsenal in 2007, 71 caps for England, and still at the age of now 37, she's been there at the heart of that Villa backline, helping them to continue to establish themselves in the WSL. What a player, what a career. Outstanding. Mm, we love Anita on this podcast. I'm quite happy with that. I'm going to give Spurs fullback Ashley Neville a mention, though, for this one, the unsung player of the season. Best ever season for her club. Uh, she's added goals to her game, actually, Ashley Neville, which is one of the main reasons for me putting her there. She's been uh, really integral to such a solid Spurs, and they can only build on that. Uh, she was Player of the Month in February as well, remember. So for me, Spurs fullback Ashley Neville gets my vote. Now, maybe you agree with what we've chosen, listeners. Maybe you don't. You can get in touch either way at The Athletic UK or at Offside Rule Pod. You can give your own season awards out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, coming up on Sunday, it's the last silverware of the domestic season. Chelsea take on Manchester City in the FA Cup final at Wembley. It's a rematch, isn't it, of the Continental League Cup final, which saw Man City win 3-1. Both sides then looking for their second silverware of the season. Quick prediction from you, Vicky, and will you be at this one? I will. I'll be commentating uh, for five Sports Extra, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, oh, who will win? I, as a commentator, I tend to sit on the fence. I'll, I'll give you my <laughs> overall assessment and, and you can draw your own conclusions. I think... Chelsea will be so disappointed with the way they lost the League Cup final. I thought Manchester City were outstanding in that second half. I think given the momentum that Chelsea have at the moment going for a domestic double, I think you have to make Chelsea favourites. But will Chelsea slip up again in the way that Manchester City forced them to do? I'm not sure. And I think I'll leave it at that. (laughs) I think Chelsea are going to enjoy this one. As long as they can 
as long as they can leave everything else to one side for a minute, I, I think that they can really enjoy this game and therefore that might be to their benefit. All right, before we go, a TV guide for this weekend. And it's going to be a long one because there's a lot of important games. So just bear with me here. I'll try to keep it to just the games that are most important. You should absolutely definitely watch. First of all, tonight, Friday night in the NWSL at 10.30 p.m., Portland Thorns hosting OL Reign. That's on CBS Sports Network and Paramount+. Plus. Classic rivalry game there over in the NWSL that I definitely recommend watching. In addition to that, at 9.05 p.m. in Liga Emekis Femenil, Tigres versus Chivas de Guadalajara. That is on VIX. This is the Ligia quarterfinals, just like on the men's side. They do that for the women as well. And we're in the first leg of the quarterfinals. Those are two good teams. Should be an excellent, excellent game. Saturday starts off with a bang at 9.30 a.m. It's the last day of the Bundesliga, and the title is long since decided. That is Bayern Munich, and the relegation places are pretty much figured out. But there is a lot of intrigue concerning Champions League spots, Europa League spots, Europa Conference League qualifying spots. Basically, it breaks down like this. RB Leipzig and Freiburg are competing for the Champions League. Leipzig is two points ahead for that spot. Freiburg is also competing with Union Berlin for the Europa League group stage. Freiburg is one point up in that race. And Union Berlin and Köln are competing for the Europa Conference League qualifiers. Union Berlin is two points up on Köln. So those are basically the teams you want to watch. Uh, they're all in action today. All of the games are taking place at the same time. My recommendation would be to watch Bayer Leverkusen versus Freiburg. Bayer Leverkusen, a very good team. Freiburg, of course, needing to win to have any hope of, of uh, qualifying for the Champions League. They might not do it even if they win because Leipzig could just as easily win their game. But if you're watching, you want to watch one team that is in play for multiple competitions, I would recommend Freiburg and I would recommend that game. 9.30 a.m., Bayer Leverkusen versus Freiburg. That is on ESPN+, Plus, just like all the other Bundesliga games today. Or Saturday, I should say. Later on, at 10 a.m., the championship playoffs continue. Sheffield United taking on Nottingham Forest in one semifinal. Uh, that is on ESPN+. Plus. And then, of course, later that day, we talked a lot about it earlier, at 11.45 a.m., the FA Cup final, Chelsea versus Liverpool. That is on ESPN+. Plus. The playoffs aren't done at 2.45 p.m. if you're into a small sort of local lower league teams, not an area we cover often on this show unless it's in a cup competition. But playoffs are awesome. And let me tell you what, the League 2 playoffs in in uh, in the UK are always pretty awesome as well. In my estimation, Mansfield Town versus Northampton Town, that'll be on ESPN+. Plus. However, if you're just not in the mood for lower league games at 2.45 p.m., Roma takes on Venezia. That is on Paramount+. Plus. Like I said, the Ligia is also happening in Mexico. Two games there tonight, Saturday night, I should say, at 7 p.m., America hosting Puebla. That is on 2DN. And then later at 9.05 p.m., Pachuca taking on Atletico San Luis. That is also on 2DN. Both of those are first leg games in the quarterfinals. We have NWSL action that night. Probably the highlight there, I would say it's tough to choose, but I'm going to pick at 7 p.m. New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC versus North Carolina Courage. That is on Paramount+. Plus. And then we have three windows of MLS games, each of which has sort of an interesting one. One game that I'd pull out of the pack. Among the 7.30 and 7 p.m. slate, I would choose 
this is obvious, Philadelphia Union versus New York Red Bulls. These are the top two teams in the East. They're separated by a single point. That'll be a huge, exciting game, uh, at least as huge and exciting as you can get early in a very long season for MLS. Uh, later on at 8.30 p.m., Houston Dynamo hosting Nashville SC. Houston, surprisingly good this year. Nashville, pretty much just grinding along as usual. I should say, for the record, this game is not at Jodas Park, their brand new, beautiful, amazing stadium. It is taking place in Houston, but it's at night, so the temperature shouldn't be too oppressive. Maybe fa- that's famous last words. I'm sure it'll still be hot because it's Houston. Lastly, in the last, then the nightcap window at 10.30 p.m., I would choose LA Galaxy versus Dallas. It's a tough pick because all the games there are good. We have Real Salt Lake Austin, which should be interesting. But LA Galaxy, Dallas, both really good teams having good seasons, good starts of the season. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they match up with each other. But don't stay up too late because Sunday actually has some really interesting games early. At 7 a.m., Tottenham Hotspur taking on Burnley in the Premier League. That's an important game for both teams, especially given Tottenham's win, as I'm recording this, having having just concluded over Arsenal. Burnley also looking to stay out of the relegation zone. Both teams with a lot to play for. That will be on USA Network bright and early at 7 a.m. Eastern. The League Two playoffs continue at the same time. 7 a.m. Eastern, Swindon Town versus Port Vale on ESPN+. And then later... If you, you know, if those two don't don't really get you going, I, I really am going to have to recommend you get up at 7.30 a.m. to watch Antwerp versus Club Bruges. If Bruges win, that means Union St. Gilles' title hopes evaporate. Those of you that have listened to this show in the past know that I am a huge Union St. Gilles fan as of, I don't know, a, a couple months ago. So much so that I realize that I'm saying it wrong. I know that it's Union St. Gilles, but... I don't know. Habit is hard to break. Anyway, the way Belgium does their uh, their title is that they take the top four teams at the end of the season, and then those four teams all play each other, and then whoever is at the end of the table after that additional round of games wins. Bruges currently has passed Union saint gilloise and if they win this next game against Antwerp, Union saint gilloise has no chance of winning the title. So... Go Antwerp. Later on at 9 a.m., Leeds United versus Brighton and Hove Albion. That'll be on Peacock. Leeds United needs a result there in order to, you know, maybe, possibly, potentially, perhaps not get relegated. Also at 9 a.m., West Ham United versus Man City. Man City looking to more or less wrap up the title at that point. And then at 9.30 a.m., you heard about it earlier, Chelsea versus Man City. That is the Women's FA Cup final. It'll be on ESPN+. I should say for the record, later on, 12.30 p.m., Barcelona and Real Madrid, both in action. Barcelona against Getafe and Real Madrid versus Cadiz. But there's not really too much intrigue here. Both of those teams are pretty much set in their positions in La Liga. At 12.30 p.m., it is the other side of that Belgium title race intrigue, uh, potentially, uh, depending on the result of that first one. Anderlecht hosting Union saint gilloise That is on ESPN Plus at 12.30 p.m., if Union St. Gilles wins and Bruges loses their game, potentially an absolutely crazy final day next week. I can't wait to see if that actually comes to fruition. Of course, one of the best title races in all of Europe all season long has been in Serie A, and it continues in the penultimate week this weekend at 12 p.m. AC Milan taking on Atalanta, and at 2.45 p.m. Cagliari hosting Internazionale. Milan is two points up on Inter in Serie A, but Inter just won Coppa Italia. Those are the two main teams fighting for it. They're Milan rivals. This should be really exciting to see what happens there. 
Okay, I know I've been going for a while, but lastly, on the North American side in NWSL, two intriguing games at 5 p.m., San Diego Wave hosting Chicago Red Stars and Washington Spirit hosting Angel City. Those are both on Paramount+. Plus. The Ligia continues in Liga MX at 7 p.m., Atlas versus Guadalajara. That's on 2DN. And then at 9.05, Tigres versus Cruz Azul, also on 2DN. And we have two MLS games on Sunday, 1.30 p.m., Atlanta United versus New England on ESPN. And then later at 4 p.m., Seattle Sounders versus Minnesota United. That's a doubleheader, the second game of the doubleheader on ESPN. Whew. Okay, that was a big show today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're excited for this weekend's games. I don't know. That's about all I have to say. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all, all weekend long. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.